Okay, good. This is the time I'd like to invite the kids back just for a minute. So any kids that feel like it, come on up. I got something to talk to you about. Um, if your parents get nervous being alone, you can bring one with you. Any kids want to come up, hang out with me? Right up here in front. Okay. Here you go. Come on in. Okay. Anybody else? Any other kids? All right. Great to have you. All right. Well, you guys are getting ready. Let's, let's pray, okay? So kids, uh, little and big kids, we're going to put our hands up towards God, all right? Put our hands up towards God. Sometimes we bow our heads when we pray, but today we're going to look up, okay? We're going to look up to God and we're going to pray, all right? Ready? God, thank you so much that you're here with us this morning. And thank you, God, that you've brought us here safely. And now we ask God that you teach us. In Jesus' name. Amen. And Lord, may these parents forgive me for what I'm about to do. <clears throat> okay, kids, why don't you stand up for a second? Stand up right where you are. Okay, I'm going to read a Bible verse, and then we're going to do it. That's what, when we read the Bible, there's a reading and a knowing part, and then there's a doing part, okay? So I'm going to read this verse. It's up on the screen. This is what it says in Psalm 100. Shout! Shout! For joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Can you guys say shout? Okay. Can, can you shout, shout? Shout! Okay. Do your parents ever tell you sometimes that you should use your inside voice? You know, my, my mom used to say, Randy, when I was shouting inside, use your inside voice, which meant be quiet. But I'm going to give you permission in your house to sometimes use your heaven voice, which is shouting to God. Do you ever find that sometimes you get kind of mad, something happens and you want to shout? Well, here's what I want to tell you this morning. If you're going to shout, shout to God. Okay? If you're going to shout, shout to God. Next time you feel a little bit angry, next time you feel a little bit excited, next time you feel a little bit anything, you get to shout to God. So I'm going to read the verse again, and you guys can say after me. Ready? Shout <clears throat> for joy to the Lord. Ready? Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. If you're going to shout, shout to God. Okay? And when you do it and your parents come to you, this is what you say. I'm shouting to God. Okay? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for these kids, and I just ask for the, um, the gift of worship. Lord, that each of these would see you high and lifted up. Lord, that you would release in each of these a voice, not just the physical voice of worship, but the inner voice of praise. We ask that you give them that grace to shout your name everywhere they go. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, thanks for coming up with me. I appreciate it. You can go back to your seats. And if you feel like shouting during the message, go ahead. Fixed upon the one who's created us and who is the victor. Hebrews uh, chapter 12, writer of Hebrews says that we are to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. It's just, you see it right there again. Jesus was going through torture. He was on the earth dealing with the kind of stuff we deal with. 
And where, was, where were his eyes fixed? What was set before him? Joy. He was thinking about joy. You want to hear just a radical thought? He wasn't thinking about heaven. I don't think Jesus was thinking about heaven. He'd already been there. He'd experienced heaven. What was the joy set before Jesus when he went through the, through the suffering of the cross? Just raise your hand. Raise your hand, all of you. Go ahead. You're all right. You were the joy set before him. The only thing that Jesus did not have in heaven that he longed for was a relationship with you. So you see Jesus going to the cross for the joy set before him, his relationship with you. What it would be like when he encountered you here on the earth and in heaven. And so the same for us. We're plodding along, but the joy set before us is the one upon whom we fix our eyes, Jesus. We look. Okay, it's a little messy down here, but you're victorious over it. I'm wading through the mud, but you can lift me up. And we've got to keep our focus on him. I love the old German proverb. The main thing, you know it, is that the main thing continues to be the main thing. It's so important that we keep our priorities straight, that we focus on what God is doing and what God has done and not the lack that we're seeing. Because focusing on lack, man, we just have to live, you know, uh, uh, here down on the bottom. But we're seated in heaven where victory is assured. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a poor excuse for a golfer. But I've, I've read golf books, and the sports psychologist will tell you this. If you're up on the tee and there's a big body of water, the very worst thing you can do is say, don't hit in the water, don't hit in the water, don't hit in the splash. Because your mind doesn't really process don't very well. Anybody have two-year-olds? Your mind doesn't process don't very well. Your mind processes do. So the last thing as a golfer you want to see is that ball going in the hole. Because your body, your spirit, your insides want to replicate that vision. It's the same thing in the spiritual. Don't focus upon what the enemy's doing. You'll be tempted to replicate it. Focus on what God is doing, on what he has done. You look to him. Sure, there's water in your fairway of life, okay? But we don't have to fret about it. God's made a way for us, straight and narrow. And when we look to him, we look to the end, we fix our eyes on Jesus. Man, so much of the distraction is taken and we're energized to be in the fight. Remember God and fight. <clears throat> 15 to 18, I'll go through this one quickly. I just love the image. Um, we are people who carry both a trowel and a sword. Do you know what a trowel is? You may think of a trowel as something that you dig with, Right? But in this reference, the trowel is referring to the thing that a mason, a bricklayer, would use. And so when you see this passage that the ones who carried the materials had their, had, um, their tools in one hand and a sword in the other, what it means is you've got these bricklayers, and they're standing at their place of work, and with one hand they're smoothing the cement between the bricks. The bricks are useless without what bonds them together as we're useless without the Holy Spirit empowering our lives. And so you got these guys, they're doing their job. They know there's an enemy. That's why they have the sword in the other hand. But they're not distracted from the work by the enemy. They've got the trowel in one hand and the sword in another. And that's us walking in this kingdom between the now and the not yet. 
Whatever it is that God's called you to put your hand to, whatever your gifting is, wherever it is God's called you to work and labor as unto him and not men, whatever spiritual gift he's given, whatever influence he's given you in the world, don't be distracted from it just because there's an enemy. Can you trust God to tap you on the shoulder and let you know when it's time to turn and fight? I say we can. Barry was saying uh, after the first service, he said, you know, can you, <laughs> Barry the jokester, he's going to help me a lot. He said, you know, can't you imagine that it's, you know, what do you say? It's kind of like rubbing your stomach and patting your head at the same time. Don't you think some battling was done with the trowel too? You know, like the enemy comes and they think it's the sword and they stab him with the tool. Which probably means that some, uh, some cement was spread with swords and some blood was in those walls. And that's us. It's not perfect here. It's messy. There's some dirt. There's some blood. We sometimes do it wrong. But one of the lectionary readings for this week was uh, 2 Corinthians 12, where Paul says, I'll boast about my weakness. Because why? In my weakness, he is strong. God's grace is sufficient for us. Even in the midst of your weakness, if the enemy comes at you and you wave your trowel at him, Remember that the angel of the Lord is behind you and could defeat the enemy with a trowel and a sword and a word. That's God on your behalf. And finally, the last uh, verse 19 and 20. The man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me and I said to the nobles, the officials, the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out. Okay, picture this. We have a work in the city, right? As a church, as one church in many churches wanting to see the kingdom of God move upon us, through us in this city, and yet we're spread out. This church spreads out tomorrow morning all over the city. Heck, all over the country. And the kingdom is spread out among hundreds and hundreds of churches in the city. We are spread out in the kingdom. And so Nehemiah says this, because the work is extensive and spread out and we're widely separated from each other along the wall. Here's the instruction. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet... Join us there, and our God will fight for us. Now, maybe I'm taking a little liberty here. If you want to you know, send out the heresy patrol, you're welcome. But I think the instruction for us this morning is this. We are spread out in the kingdom, and God protects us out there. But there's something that happens when we come together. Called by the sound of the trumpet, which brings us to worship. It was the trumpet that gathered people for worship. It was the trumpet that declared, gather here in God's presence, remind God who he is so that God can do what only God can do. So I want to encourage you this week, this season of our lives, not only don't focus on the enemy, not only don't fear the enemy, not only do we keep building while we're fighting, not only just remember God, what he's done, but also gather in worship. So you're here this morning, but it's not just Sundays. What would it look like if this church gathered 20, 30, 40 more times in little groups of two and three to worship and to pray during the week? You know, it's happening in our body. People are just starting to get inspired to gather together in little groups. And so we've got people that are just spontaneously showing up to pray at the church. And we've got prayer gatherings in the city that are being raised up to connect the workers, the worshipers, the warriors, because the 
the city is not going to be taken for Jesus by our church. But we will be a part of the church that takes the city for Jesus. Every single one of us. And I just remind you this morning, worship is our warfare. Worship is our warfare. Keep looking to him. And the one who's worthy of praise also sends the power to defeat the enemy. There's a lot that's going on and many of the difficulties that you hear about or you experience, you're tempted to anger. You know, anger is not a sin. Ephesians 4, it says, in your anger, do not sin. So if you're feeling that anger at what the enemy's doing, you know, I just said it to the kids. If you're going to shout, shout to God. When you're tempted to focus on the enemy, when you're tempted to fear him, don't let that draw you away from God. Let it drive you to God. Let that anger about what the enemy's doing, let that passion for what you want to see happen. Let it drive you to God. And if we call on him, then we won't be distracted from him. We'll set our guards and we'll seek God. We won't stop building the walls. We won't stop caring for people in the city. We won't stop seeking God. We won't stop loving the poor. We won't stop weeping with those who weep. And at the same time, we won't stop rejoicing with those who rejoice. Because the one we serve, the one who's in us, is victorious. In the end, he beats everything we're dealing with. We're just asking him, do it now. We want a little bit more now and not so much not yet. And we do it together with worship. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you'd uh, pour out upon us the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit to keep our eyes focused on you, to to recall who you are and what you've done. To take up the trowel of your calling in our lives and the sword that you've given us, the word of God, the spirit of God, the fellowship of God's people. And we ask, Lord, that you give us that grace to see you in our trust fight for us and be victorious. Lord Jesus, we love you and pray these things in your name. Amen. Uh, Communion servers can come forward. We'll prepare for communion. If you've given your life to following Jesus, then the one who was there at your creation and there at your redemption and waiting for you at your final destination, he lives within you. And this is your time to come forward and remember what he's done. You can just come down the diagonal aisles and take the bread, which is the body of Christ, broken for you, an apparent victory for the enemy that turns out to be the victory of God. Dip it into the wine or the juice representing the blood of Jesus that forgives your sins. There's a wine on the outside stations and there's juice on the inside stations. So when you're ready, please come forward. Uh, will you stand with me? As we, uh, as we go away from each other this morning, just, I, I do want to add one thing. Um, Stephen and Amanda are last time leading today, but they'll be with us next week. They'll be there last Sunday here. So I uh, suggest that you lovingly pummel them with affirmation and appreciation this week. Uh, just basically, you know, send Stephen's email out of working service. Uh, this, uh, shower your appreciation upon them for uh, what they've been meant to us and, and what they've done here.
Also, I just encourage you in this week, um, above all, to respond to God's invitation to worship, both personally and corporate. God's building and giving invitations and opportunities to gather and worship. And it's so much a part of our warfare. We're strengthened. It's a part of our training to know our King. And so I encourage you to do that. Um, The ministry team could come forward. That would be great. I'll pray for us and send us on our way. God, thank you for the gift of uh, life and salvation in Jesus. Thank you for the love of a heavenly Father. And thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit, which is ours. We ask, God, that you would enable us to see you, to worship you, to work on your behalf, and to trust you. Lord, we ask that you'd release that Holy Spirit upon us that we might see. Renewed hearts, healed bodies, restored lives in this church, in this city, throughout this world that you love so much. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like someone to pray for you, you're welcome to come forward, have someone on the ministry team pray for you, or stay here in the presence of God. Otherwise, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Have a great day.